In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the afternoon, depending on what side of the pond you're on. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix. Yes, he is here. And Ron Kolick. Hey, what's up? Good evening. How are you? That was kind of a quick abbreviated opening, but you know, I'm not used to having you there. No, I know. I didn't get anything about the Van Helsing or anything, or the Ghost Finder General, (laughs) but I'm alive. You know, that's the thing. I mean, I thought I was going to have to do the show with you from the other side, you know? Wouldn't it have been good? Wouldn't that have been exciting? Because I could have been the first, the first one to report back from from the other side. Our reporter from the other side. You know, Houdini tried that, but that didn't quite work out. If you remember, I do indeed. Yeah, yeah. I'd just like to thank everybody for their uh, very kind thoughts over the last uh, two or three weeks. People have been really, really great, including yourself, Ron. Um, I don't know. That must have been my secretary. It couldn't have been me. I don't have. <laughs> Probably not. But yeah, I'm absolutely fine. I'm, I'm back in the world of the living. Uh, it was, uh, you know, I, I was uh, not at all well. I'll be very honest with you. And I will very quickly tell you an amazing story. Um, my son William was was driving me down to the hospital because uh, I wasn't very well. I'd, I'd sort of had a hemorrhage, and and I went. I lost it. They th- he thought I was dead. And he actually called in at an ambulance station on the way down to the hospital and um, commandeered an ambulance that didn't belong, didn't belong to the, um, the ambulance station uh, with two paramedics. And they rushed me, de- after treating me, they rushed me down to the, to the, the local hospital. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell the tale. But I think I genuinely believe that if he'd not stopped at that, host- that, that ambulance station, I would have been extremely ill. So... Uh, but I didn't have an NDE. You did? I didn't. No. No, and I'm really quite disappointed about that. <laughs> I thought, oh, here we go. This no, I knew nothing about it. I was dead to the world, for want of a better word. But I'm fine. Absolutely fine. I'm very glad to be back. You know what's funny is I actually did have one of those thingies. Really? Yeah. But we'll, we'll talk about it some other time. Oh, yeah, we need to. We actually have a great guest on the show, but before I, I bring him on, um, there's this young lady from, uh, I believe it's the UK, you know, it, Wales, Scotland, it's all the same, right? Yeah, it's all the same. <laughs> Wait a minute, yes. that's not what you said two minutes ago. Well, <laughs> listen, listen, there's a lot of controversy about it, but uh, yeah, come on, we're all one big happy nation, I promise you. There you go. <laughs> 
That's a, you, you know, you're like you know, you're like our mother. You know, you're the mother country. Of course we are. Absolutely. Yeah, and we we were very sorry, very sorry to lose you um, uh, all those years ago. But uh, we're still extremely good friends, aren't we? Well, and, you, uh, you try like hell to keep us. Let's put it that way. Oh, of course we did. <laughs> well, we we knew the potential, you see, of what you were going to be, what you were going to become. So uh, we thought we'd better hang on as long as we could. But uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. never mind. Never yeah, mind. That's another story for another time. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I did start something there, and of course, as usual, I get off track. Uh, there's a young lady named Iona, I guess, who's met you before, and she sent me some photographs, and uh, they were quite uh, revealing. Uh, hey? <laughs> well, no, that, that didn't quite come out right, did it? <laughs> um, yeah, it was uh, some misty stuff and everything, and, and she asked me yeah. to look at them, and, and I thought they were pretty cool. Yeah, and, yeah, I was... Uh, I was with her on, um, well, not just with her, I was with her and her husband and her son um, on on uh, Saturday night, the first event I did. Um, we had 330 people in a very haunted hall, and um, they came along, funnily enough, from Wales to see me, and we had a great night. We really did. Very really? Good. Yeah. i tell you what, I'll tell you something. I actually, I actually genuinely had a stone thrown while I was in with a group in, in a haunted bedroom. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, and I'd got both hands in my pockets, um, and there were no other members of Most Haunted there at all. Uh, and honest to God, the, 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 well, I don't know where it came from. I'm, I'm still scratching my head. You know, I, I thought that was a most uh, haunted phenomenon, you know, I, strictly to them. I, you know, because we in the States have never heard of that before until it was on this Most Haunted. Really, throwing stones, yeah, stones. yeah. But honestly, I mean, I, well, there you are, you see. But it, it really, well, I say, genuinely happened to me. Let's be honest; it was an old building, and, and a piece of piece of plaster, loose plaster, could have fallen from from the from the ceiling. But it, it still frightened me, made me jump. But why don't we ask an expert? Say again. Why don't we ask an expert? Why don't we? Why don't we just ask an expert? Yeah, we have indeed. We have Steve Parsons online, who, and I'm going to say it because I say it every time, Ron. In my opinion, Steve runs the best paranormal group in the world, and it's really? called Parascience. Uh, uh, Hi, Steve. Hi, Richard. Hi, Ron. Hey. Hey, uh, Steve. Uh, of course, I, I'm going to disagree with him because he's never seen my group. So, <laughs> But I'll give you the benefit of doubt. How's that? Well, I think that's very nice. It's only Richard that says that. <laughs> I don't You're I'm his biggest fan, you see. Because I know how good he is. Really? Mm, yeah. Well, well, okay, if you know how good he is, have you worked with him? Yes, I have. Oh, God, yeah. We did, we did six most haunted... Was it six, Steve? Six, six eight? Six and alive. Six and alive, yeah. Six, six and alive. most haunted uh, together. Um, but he actually... He managed to escape. <laughs> yeah, I, tunneled, but, um, I tunneled my way to freedom. Yes, it's true. But honest to God, um, I, I met Steve. Um, well, we, we'd met before, but I met him for the uh, on on location at the Gladstone Pottery Museum, um, and and basically we started talking, and we realised that to a certain extent we were talking the same language because we you know we were, we were saying that that. When you are a paranormal investigator, you need to tick the normal boxes before you even consider paranormal. And we, we hit it off then. I, I, uh, I joined Steve's amazing group called Parascience, 
Uh, and I've done investigations with him, and, and I, I, you know, well, let me put it this way. Most people do um, an investigation that, that is um, 24 hours, uh, 48 hours, a week, two weeks perhaps at the most. But I know for a fact that Steve has done a, um, uh, with his group, has done uh, 900 hours on one location. 900 hours? Uh, that's no, true, that's incorrect. That, that's wrong, Richard. Go on, then. It's an average of 900, with the uh, shipyard was over 1,500 hours. Oh, my God. That's, yeah. that's, that's like that's like three, three an hour, isn't it? It was a very long time. It took us uh, three, two and a half years to do it. But that's the only way you can do an investigation, in my opinion, is to continue to look at the all of the different reports and all of the different phenomena and go through them methodically and test each one. So before we get started, why don't you introduce yourself, you know, tell us a little bit about you, you and your group, really. Okay. Uh, well, Parascience was formed around about 12 years ago uh, by myself and my co-conspirator, Anne. Uh, we'd both been in a previous paranormal group, and we were, we were unhappy with the way things were going. And we were looking at, uh, both of us have a scientific background, and we wanted to bring scientific methods and techniques and a great deal of common sense to the investigation of spontaneous cases. So we only concentrate on ghosts, hauntings, and poltergeists. We don't look at any other types of paranormal phenomena. Okay. The group has around about 12 members, including uh, Richard. We, we prefer to keep the numbers small because it, it makes it more manageable. And when, we, when we're on an investigation, we try to use the minimum number of people that we possibly can. Uh, so we usually only have three or four people per investigation. Uh, and, of course, our arsenal of equipment, of which we're very proud, comprising of, uh, well, everything that we measure, we try to measure to accepted uh, standards uh, as decree, uh, laid down by the different governing bodies. So, for example, it would be the uh, for electromagnetics, we would look at the IEC regulations. Uh, likewise, for sound uh, and anything else we need to measure. And that means that we have to have uh, the right equipment in order to do those sort of tests that we want to do. And that costs money, unfortunately. Something like £86,000 worth. Is that the amount of equipment you've got, Steve? Or is it more uh, it's now? Gone up, it's gone up a little since then, Richard. It's gone up a little. It's, oh my uh, God. it's probably closer to £90,000. Yeah. So that's like... Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. £120,000. <laughs> <000. laughs> so you, you see where I'm coming from, Ron? I mean, this is, this, this is awesome. This is just uh, beyond belief. But this is, this is what it's all about. And, and the amazing thing is that that when <laughs> basically you, you you spent well okay fifteen hundred hours at, at one location, and and basically you've come up with very little paranormal activity. I was just going to ask that, Richard. You must be psychic. I'm unbelievable. I think I must be. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're you're not psychic, Richard. Oh. <laughs> I'm a psychic brick, folks, with a B. We, we will fix that when you come to the States. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, now, 1,500 hours, you must have gotten something. Yeah, we've got one or two things. I, well, 
I've been doing it uh, as an investigator uh, with parascience and before parascience for around about 15 years, give or take. And in that time, I have seen uh, from, from our own equipment uh, one photograph, about two to three minutes of sound recording, and one or two minutes of video segment in all of that time. Now, that, that to me is a good average. I get very, very skeptical when I hear of groups, uh, particularly media organized groups and public uh, related groups who go out and have 20, 30, 40 paranormal encounters per location visit. That to me, there's just too many. The paranormal, if, it's there, if, there, if there are such things as ghosts and spirits, it should be incredibly rare. It should be something that we encounter maybe once or twice a year, fleetingly. So that, to me, makes it more authentic. Hmm. Why are we only going to find them two or three times a year? If they're all around us all the time, why can't we uh, see them more than that? Why can't we see them every day? Well, let's be honest. We don't even know if they're there. We don't know what a ghost or spirit is. We don't know how they manifest. We don't know how they manipulate energy. We, we can't measure them. Uh, Richard talked about the huge amount of equipment that Parascience uses or has available to use. And the truth is, not, none of that equipment can measure the paranormal. There is no such thing as a ghost detector. Uh, these new devices that are appearing uh, each, each year, the K2 EMF meter, uh -huh. The Frank's, Frank's Box EVP, uh -huh. none of them the are capable, not one single one of them is capable of detecting and measuring paranormal activity for the simple reason that we don't know what paranormal activity and paranormal energy is. There can be no expertise in this field at all. And if anybody ever says that they're an expert paranormal investigator, you should walk away from them. I... I have expertise in measuring the normal. I have no expertise in measuring the paranormal. But if you are expertise in measuring the normal, therefore you can identify the paranormal. No, but you can get close. What, you can, what we seek to do is we seek to eliminate all of the normal possibilities that we can by trial and error, by designing experiments and testing hypothesis, then we see what we're left with. It's rather like throwing balls at a coconut shy. When we've thrown everything we've got, we'd like to see what's left. What's left might be uh, possibly paranormal, but we just don't know because we, nobody's ever had a ghost come up to them and, and allowed themselves to be studied. Nobody's ever encountered a ghost and interacted with it in a way that it can be measured. We have accounts from going back millennia where people have experienced the paranormal, and these are normal, sane people. So their, their experience cannot be discounted. We can't say that they're, they're making it up. We can't say that they're fantasizing or hallucinating with any degree of safety. So it, it, we do take it very seriously, but we still have not 
any idea what it is we're measuring, what we're trying to measure, what we're trying to photograph, what we're trying to record. We just simply don't know. Right. I remember, uh, I think it was about two years ago, the uh, Hong Kong Morning Post was doing a uh, expo on, on uh, the proof of, of the existence of ghosts, and they contacted me for a quote, and they asked, you know, what, what constitutes proof of ghosts? And I told them very simply that, uh, you know, it's almost impossible to do. If you, if you get an EMF meter uh, and you're getting abnormal reading, okay, and then you, you're picking up an EVP, uh, or you might pick up something on a thermal imaging camera or an IR camera, you, know, you might have a psychic that tells you something. Uh, all these things in themselves is not proof of the existence of spirits, but it, it, it's evidence that uh, something is occurring or um, is paranormal. I, 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 I will agree with you except for the last line that you said. Uh, I, will agree, I will agree with you that something abnormal is happening, unusual, but we still yeah. can't say it's paranormal. It might just be normal that we don't understand. Only 50 years ago, what we're doing now, talking via the internet satellites, would, would have been considered abnormal. almost witchcraft. And yet we right. consider it an everyday possibility. Right. So in 20, 20 years' time or 200 years' time, what we think today as being paranormal might just be normal. All it means is, is, is the para, of course, is, is, is the Latin word for running alongside. So paranormal is actually something that at this, at this stage is running alongside the normal and we don't quite understand it. Supernatural, you know, it was, it's natural, but it's a little bit super to us at the moment because we don't understand it. Yeah, right, but, isn't it? but when you look at that, I mean, you can say that about the natural in, in existence. I mean, because if you go back in time, things that were taken for, <laughs> for truth yeah. are now false. You know, yeah, you're that's exactly right. You're not flat anymore, guys. That's right, but, but you see... Three hundred years ago, or however long it was, can you imagine how how frightened Columbus was, or perhaps his family was, when he set out to to start discovering that you know they were terrified that he may not come back because he might drop off the edge of the earth because at the time we thought I the think, earth was flat. Right. I think no, Richard. Richard, that's a complete myth. Now, come on, you know better than that. What? Even the <laughs> even the Greek even the the ancient Greeks knew that the earth was a ball. Mm. But a lot of people were were frightened. Exactly. Of, well, of it Colum being... Columbus Columbus was genuinely frightened that he would encounter Derby. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, indeed. By the way, guys, that's pronounced Derby. Just thought I'd you know add. That oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, all of, all of the fourteen or so that are in 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 America, you're quite right. Are called Derby, and and the four in Australia are called Derby. But but the original one. Uh huh. The one, the 2,000 years old one, is pronounced Derby, folks. <laughs> anyway. Now, now, Steve, let me ask you this. You've got uh, uh, umpteen million dollars worth of scientific equipment. So, what? You don't use psychics at all? You don't believe in psychics? You don't believe in mediums? Oh, here we go. No. Uh, no. Uh, I think it would be naive and stupid of me to discount mediumship and psychic abilities. There have been some fabulous accounts, documented accounts, uh, where mediumship has 
in in my opinion, uh, defied a plausible explanation. The case I, I often refer people to uh, in defense of psychics is Eileen Garrett and the airship, the uh, British airship, the R101. Yeah. Where uh, Eileen Garrett uh, through and several other mediums were obtaining information that was at that time deemed to be uh, top secret and only known to a handful of military officers. And yet Garrett was able to get this information, which was verified much later on. Um, and it's, it's, to my opinion, inexplicable how she got it. But Richard, Richard did give you a heads up with the, oh, here we go. I have a serious problem with the use of mediums in paranormal investigations okay. because for, for what I do, uh, there is a burden of proof. I can be challenged to demonstrate, for example, if I say that the electromagnetic field is a certain value or that there is, uh, the temperature is dropping or rising or I can be challenged and I can produce uh, computer printouts or data that, that can verify what I'm saying. If I was a medium and said that the four horsemen of the apocalypse were galloping past me and the headless Queen Anne Boleyn had just was standing in the corner waving, there is no burden of proof on anything I say. And therefore, but, I can okay, say anything minute, I want wait to. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If that psychic tells you that there is a spirit standing there and her name is Elizabeth Goodwill, and she died in 1852, okay? And at the same time, just check this out, at the same time, maybe the temperature does drop, okay? Maybe you even, uh, you know, pick up some uh, light anomalies on, on, yeah. on an thermal image. Okay, and then you go back and you do some research, and you find a, you know what? Guess what? That woman there, I can't even remember her name I said, I think it was <laughs> Goodwill, but whatever it is, actually existed there, and da-da-da. I mean, isn't that proof in, in itself? I mean, evidence, well, not proof. I don't like the word proof. I think evidence. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's intriguing. It's not evidential. What is evidential, and it has happened, is where you have a group of individuals or a medium who give you some information, normally about how they're feeling. Uh, in fact, we've actually had it. Kieran and I were uh, doing an investigation uh, ourselves, and a group around the seance table were telling us that the area around the seance table was getting very cold and then warmed up. And independently, we could see exactly the, that phenomena taking place on the thermal imaging camera. They couldn't, they had no idea what we were seeing, um, but they were reporting exactly the same as what we could see. So there you have a subjective experience verified by an objective piece of equipment. That is, from my point of view, extremely, extremely evidential and something I'm very, very interested in. And that's why I think it's very important that we don't dismiss psychics and mediums. I, I don't believe that the vast majority of psychics and mediums are able to do or communicate with spirits or the dead to order. I think if, if there is such a phenomena, it might be a spontaneous phenomena. Um, except in a very, very few number of cases, 
Because if you look at the documentary evidence, there has only ever been a handful of mediums who have been tested and have never been uh, found to be cheating or never had an alternative explanation put forward. But the scenario you outlined, Ron, was, is to me the holy grail. Uh, and when it does happen, and it does happen sometimes, they are the big highs. Yeah. We don't get many. You see, that I'm I'm exactly the same as you, Steve. I mean, I I want someone to. I don't want someone to say to me, "I'm I'm getting the letter J." Would anybody like to take this in the audience? Has anybody got a, a, a John that's passed away in the last fifty years? I want someone to say to me, "I've got your dad here. He died on the twenty eighth of, of February nineteen nineteen ninety two, and he's telling me that you were looking in the wrong place for the twenty thousand pounds." Okay, so I'm going to ask twenty thousand dollar questions then. Uh, I know Richard has worked with David Wells, and I know he's worked with Derek Okora, and I'm not yeah. sure who Steve worked with on most Both of them. It, but some of those uh, things that they got was verified. Now, so are you telling me that wasn't real? The I'm leaving this to to Steve, by the way. <laughs> well, the problem with that, of course, is the fact that it can be verified, so the information... Is, is available. The information is already in the public domain. And often, it was the case uh, when, uh, I'm not referring to mediumship on Most Haunted, but on, on other TV programs where I've worked with mediums or on investigations, we have been very quickly able to access information to verify the medium's uh, story or claim, which means that if we can get it, then so can the medium. Now, it's unfortunate if you are a medium that it's almost a catch-22 mm. because if, if you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. But on one occasion, I do recall on an investigation, the medium gave us some information and we, we logged the information, we, we documented it. And more than six months later, uh, an archive came to light that had never been accessed before. Uh, it had never been in the public domain, and it did partially verify what the medium had said. Well, well guys, uh, I hate to tell you this, but we actually have a phone call. Do you mind if I take it? Go ahead. It's, it's from your country, I believe. Woo! Hello, is uh, Iona? Yeah, hi, how are you doing? Good. Really Hello, Iona. Hi, Richard. Are you how are you doing? <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Did you enjoy yourself the other night? Oh, it's brilliant. Really was. Good, wasn't it? Smashing yeah, it night. Really, really good. Yeah, I'd love to go again. Yeah, well, you can come again. We're going to be doing another one. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. It was just fantastic. There's such an energy there, you know. It's undescribable, yeah, really. Yeah, there was. It was fantastic. Yeah, we've got loads of orbs on photographs surrounding you and... Oh, I'm surrounded by orbs. Surrounded by orbs, yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to send them on to you so you can have a look yes, at them. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. Please. Yeah, yeah, they're phenomenal. Yeah, it really was good. Yeah, so yeah, we'll nice. send them to you, Ron, as well, if you like. Oh, oh I would love it. You know, how come uh, British girls have the sexiest voices? <laughs> <laughs> You're a Welsh girl. <laughs> oh, here we go with the Welsh and British stuff again. Oh my God! I won't speak any Welsh with you because I really confuse you then. So. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I know some swear words in Welsh. So why you do? <laughs> Hey, Iona, what's the Welsh for ghost? Oh, my God. I, oh, my I, goodness, I, mate. You just I, dumped me. Iona? Um, 
which, which Welsh which Welsh word for ghost would you like, Richard? There are a lot. <laughs> Hey guys, I hate to tell you this, but... Oh God, it's get... just gone, it's just gone. I can't, I just like so nervous on the show, but I'll, I'll let you know on that one. We, we okay, gotta, we okay. Gotta, we gotta, we gotta I'll talk to you some more. Talk to you in a bit. <laughs> Bye. Welcome to Talkinet. Radio with a cutting edge. Get ready for Cowboys and Indians. I'm Eric Sullivan, sports anchor at CBS 19. I love the Dallas Cowboys. I wore Roger Starbucks jersey four consecutive pitcher days when I was in elementary school. Cowboys and Indians, 11 to noon central, Tuesdays on Togi. I'm Eric Williams, third generation NFL player, Super Bowl winner from the Washington Redskins. I've been in the trenches. I know what I'm talking about, especially when I'm going to get some spiked hair. Cowboy groupie. Cowboys and Indians. Get the lowdown. Yeah, you want to be in the thick of it. I, you know, that's what you no, want. I know how hard it is. Like, okay, no, well, I don't get... give me this. What have you done lately? But every NFL team hasn't done anything okay, lately. Okay, but they have the most talented team in the NFL. Get the smackdown. You are absolutely nuts. Are you kidding me? You've been hitting the head too many times in those trenches, my friend. Cowboys and Indians. 11 to noon central. Tuesdays on Togginet. Radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk gooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Bear X family. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick. Our special guest is Steve Parsons, and we do have a call on the line, and I, I made you wait through that whole thing. Sorry about that, Iona. That's okay. I, I just realized, I just found out what it is. It's just come to my head. It's Esprit. Ghost. Esprit. Esprit, yeah. Wow. Espiritu. <laughs> yeah, hey. yeah, it is, yeah. Anyway... I can, I, can I just ask you, Ron, what did you make of the photographs we sent? That, that's what I was just going to talk. You must be psychic. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> the photographs, uh, and I mentioned at the beginning of the show, and uh, Steve maybe can comment on it, which is a little difficult because you can't see them. <laughs> but, that's what you think. Well, yeah, he could be psychic, though. But anyways, uh, there were two photographs, and I have to ask you, first of all, Iona, was it cold there at all? Well, I'd, I'd just say it was like a normal day, really. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, it, 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 it is summer, you know, Sam. It is summer over here. We do have we do have a bit of sunshine every now and then. <laughs> it was quite a warm night. But anyways, uh, she sent me two photographs, and you can see this uh, mist in both of them. Uh, it's a very, uh, uh, very distinct mist. It's not like, you know, very uh, translucent. It's very solid uh, for a mist. So uh, now Steve has spent hundreds and millions of hours doing stuff. So I'm sure he has seen something similar to this, Steve. Uh, I've seen many, many photographs of this similar one. Uh, often, 
Uh, obviously, you, you picked up on the first one. Often it's uh, the person breathing out and the right. water vapour. Uh, the next most common is the nearby smoker, although that's very politically incorrect these days. Okay, uh, I wonder, were, were there any smokers there? Let's, let's go right to that one. No, nothing. No, okay. Yeah. Two for two. Go ahead, Steve. Um, the rest of it, without seeing the photographs, uh, it, it's... No chance. Uh, there are there are there are lots of possible explanations, but I always I I would I would uh, suggest that it being a ghost or some paranormal manifestation is probably the least likely explanation. Oh, you're crushing me! <laughs> wow, quiet now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'm just a spoiled sport. No, he is right. I mean, at the end of the day, <clears throat> as Steve's been saying, and I've been saying for a long time as well, you have to tick the normal boxes first. And when you've ticked all those normal boxes, because there's lots and lots of them, if at the end of the list you, you happen to have a box that hasn't got a tick in it, well, then you start looking. And you start looking in depth to see, again, first thing you want to do is try and disprove it. And, and, you know, and there are times, aren't there, Steve, when, when you've got a, a box or two and, and you just can't, can't prove it or disprove it. Because as, as Steve says frequently, we're in the Stone Age as regards paranormal investigation. The problem with photography is always that it's very difficult. Richard Wiseman um, has recently been doing some uh, studies into uh, ghost photographs, and he returned back to it. It was done at Tantallon Castle in Scotland, uh, and it was chosen by a, a British newspaper readership as, and I also think the internet was used, as the most convincing ghost photograph in the opinion of the people viewing it. Richard then went up to Tantalon Castle and uh, replicated the photograph to his satisfaction. But one of the problems of replication in order to satisfy, uh, to get a more definitive answer would be you would have to return on exactly the same day, the following year, so the sun was in the same position, you would have to use the same camera, you would have to use the same settings. You would have to have the camera in the exact same position. And it's very, very difficult to get an exact replication. With modern photography, if, if, if I had gone for a day out or Richard had gone for a day out or indeed Ron or Iona had just gone for a family day out to a castle or an old building, no doubt we would have taken lots of photographs. When we come home, we put them on the computer or we print some. And we look at them and say they're really nice pictures. If people go on a ghost investigation, they look at, they take lots and lots of pictures, but when they get back, they often look at the pictures and study them in great detail, looking for things that are wrong with the photograph. And it's almost impossible, even with our modern technology, for every picture to come out perfectly. The software will screw up. There will be something on the lens, something will fly past, somebody will do something, there will be an exposure problem. So there are always anomalies on photographs, but because people have been looking for an anomaly, they will often find them, and they will then say, here, I've got proof of the paranormal, I have something unusual, 
and my friend the medium told me that there was a spirit there at the same time. So you know, you know, it's how he threw that medium in there. It's it's often the the fault of the camera rather than the paranormal. Right, but I mean, uh, there's there's two things that I always say. First of all, just because you can re- reproduce something scientifically doesn't mean that it wasn't paranormal when it occurred the first time. No, that's perfectly true. Okay. Just because we can demonstrate, but what you have to do as an investigator, it's for a, if I were a skeptic or a cynic, I can explain for those for those people for skeptics and cynics, they can explain anything away. It's right. very easy yeah. to offer an explanation. The only thing I if can say are, with our camera is that um, it takes normal photographs in normal situations, and there had been activity at the place where we taken them because it. Um, there had been a show there during that week, and uh, I suppose it raises a vibration, but the photographs, when we actually looked at them, we found them quite disturbing because, um, as I say, our camera takes normal photographs in normal situations. And um, examples on Saturday, um, you know, it was taking loads of photographs with loads of orbs on them consecutively, one after the other. And in a normal situation at home or wherever, you know, they're fine. Never anything wrong with them, if you like, you know what I mean? So it just sort of raises a little bit of, um, you know, thought about what it could be. Um, You know, I just, we just find them very interesting. I know lots of people, other people do too, you know, like Richard, you know, so Mm. I'm like yourself, Ron. So it's just really to, we think it's good to, to have a look and to, you know, you know, cast thoughts on them, really, I suppose. Absolutely. I mean, that's what it's all about, is discussion. You know, we're, we're not going to discover what's real and what's not real unless we discuss it. You know, I think there's one have... thing that we can say. I think there's one thing that we can say with a very high degree of certainty, and that is, uh, and it's something I'm quite passionate about, because there is a lot of very, very good, substantial, hard evidence that orbs are not in any way, shape, or form paranormal orbs, have been put to bed a long time ago, but they they seem to be immortal. They they they're just unkillable. <laughs> uh, several of the camera makers on their own websites offer detailed explanation as to why right. digital camera technology will produce this anomaly. The the anomaly has been replicated thousands and thousands of times by groups. Uh, both sides of the Atlantic and in Europe, and by serious science researchers and photographers, there is nothing paranormal about orbs. However, uh, as for myths how- and figures, and they're much more interesting. But orbs, I think we can we can put them to bed. However, it's not necessarily true because they, uh, they, I, I understand. No, I understand everything you, you said, and I'm not a big orb fan. Let me give you that. But you, you know anything about science, uh, Steve? About science from beyond. Science. Science. S i g n s. Oh That's yeah. My Yankee accent. Yeah. Go on. Okay. Go on. So basically, uh, we, we did a show on iTunes on science, and and what it is, it's certain things mean certain things to certain people. Basically, yeah. for instance, uh, we I introduced Jeff Belanger from uh, Ghost Village, and his grandfather had passed away. And his grandfather used to always, always 
beat the horn at everything. If you're a squirrel walking across the road, he'd beat the horn or whatever it was. Somebody go by, he'd beat the horn all the time. And yeah. Jeff came back from his funeral and uh, he says, you know, uh, Graham says, you know, can you give me a sign that, you know, you're okay? And somebody beat this horn at that minute. So that beeping a horn, which is a normal thing, it can be explained, meant right. something to that particular person at that particular time. So, yeah, maybe orbs are something that's naturally occurring, like water dust or vapor, but why did they appear at that particular time? Was it because it just affected the camera or, or the focus point, or was it dusty, or, or, or was it a sign, really? So, I mean, that's kind of another spiritual side of uh, normal things that you have to look at. Uh, and why in, in um, haunted locations, particularly? Right. But, but they don't, Iona. They, we have a collection on disc, uh, which Richard knows about, of more than 100,000 digital pictures taken in normal houses, in offices. We collected them from the Internet over years, and yep. there are orbs on, on lots of them. And, these are, and people haven't noticed the orbs are there yeah. because they're not looking for, for anything paranormal. Because they're not in a haunted location. If you go to a haunted location, you are already heightened up. Heightened up. You're, you're expecting the unexpected. You're looking for the unusual. I think if I can just run an example, if you go to work and you come back home and your refrigerator door is open, you will, you will most likely bang yourself on the head and say, stupid me, I left the refrigerator door open. If you live in a haunted house, you will remember shutting the fridge door. You will, you will absolutely remember closing the refrigerator door and therefore the ghost opened it. It's because when we're in a haunted location, when we're told that we're on a ghost investigation, people's expectations and their beliefs change. And so the, the normal suddenly becomes the paranormal. Right. Mm. Well, I, Iona, I want to thank you for calling in. I, I, I really appreciate that. Richard, that's uh, brilliant. That's nice I talking to you again. We'll, we'll see oh, you soon. Be part of the show, yeah. No, thank you so much. Before Iona goes, yeah. where, whereabouts in Wales are you? North Wales. Oh, I'm down in uh, West Wales. So, uh, um, Nostar. Nostar, it's here. Oh, yeah, Nostar. I know that. <laughs> that's another one. Yeah, Nostar, North one. Wales. And there's Chad too. Wales is like the side of Rhode Island, right? I mean, it's like... Yeah. Yeah. You must visit, Ron. It's beautiful. It really is. I would love to. You must. There is, there is some uh, plans in the works, so hopefully we can. Oh, good. Yeah. Brilliant. So. Well, the whole, Brilliant. the whole of Great Britain is only the size of Florida, but our, <laughs> our, uh, we might be small, but our ability to cause trouble is unparalleled. <laughs> That's why I love you guys. <laughs> no die, Bob. Yep, no star. Cheers, Iona. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Yes, okay. Hi. One, one, one little inter interesting thing. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very much uh, uh, on, on Steve's side here with, with the orb business. Uh, I think so. Believe it or not, I actually am. I'm just playing a little bit. Yeah, I am. But the, the only thing that I find strange is that, and I say this to, to many people, stand in any room, be it haunted or not, inside or outside, an attic, a cellar, or anywhere else, switch on a high-powered torch, and you will see hundreds, thousands of orbs in, in yeah. the dust particles in, the, in yeah. the, the beam. 
why is it that when the when the camera actually flashes, Easy. you only Easy. see one? Easy to explain. Is it the one Richard, that's so close to the lens? Uh, did you have you read my recent uh, article in Paranormal magazine? No, I haven't. I don't take it. <laughs> Oh, all right then. Well, for, for the unenlightened amongst us in Derby, Derby, yeah. um, you're absolutely right, Richard. The dust or water particle has to be within a couple of inches of the camera and at the right angle to the lens so that it will reflect the light from the lights, be they the infrared yeah. lights of the video or the flash of the camera, mm. back into the, into the lens. Yeah. Um, so if you have a... If you shine your torch beam, and we, we've, we've done this with you, Richard, if you remember, mm. uh, with a laser. If you look along the laser beam from the side, you don't see very much dust. But if you look down the laser beam, yes. uh, by shining it just very close to your eye line, you will see a lot more. And it's, mm. it's a very similar effect, rather like cat's eyes in the road. Yeah. There you go, you see. So oh, we've very interesting. Put the orbs to bed. But listen to this, Ron. This is the amazing thing. Because, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Remember that, that um, Steve is a paranormal investigator. Steve is not out there to disprove not the paranormal. Not. He is looking for the paranormal. And Steve has seen a ghost, haven't you, Steve? I thought we'd come round to that, Richard. I was waiting. Oh, come on. That's what it's all about, guys. Well, yes. Well, I mean, way, let's, be honest. let's hours, be honest. Let's be honest. I'd be able to see something. Yeah, but it wasn't when he was looking for one. Really? Well, let's, let, let's be honest. When, when we all started this uh, <clears throat> at different times, years and years ago, uh, mm. be it as an investigator, be it as a historian, broadcaster, be it as a parapsychologist, the one thing that we all really, really want to see most of all is a ghost. We Correct. want the personal encounter. We want that personal experience. And I don't... I don't care how people dress it up and how clever they try to sound by saying, I'm doing it scientifically, uh, I'm doing it as a parapsychologist, I'm doing it as a medium. At the end of the day, guys, all we really want is that personal uh, experience, that seeing a ghost. Yep. And yes, Correct. I've been fortunate. I, I've... In my more saner and lucid moments, I, I might say, well, you know, it might not have been a ghost, but I can't explain it any other way. So we all understand the terminology, the word ghost, and this was exactly, it, it conformed exactly to that, to that standard, that, that definition. It was a figure, it was uh, seemingly solid, there was, there was, it wasn't see-through, um, I interacted with it, I thought, um, but it was a person who died 48 hours before. Um, I, I wasn't aware that they died at the time. It was, it was in a, uh, a, a care home for the elderly. Uh, I was the duty nurse, but I, I had an experience where I spoke to somebody who was deceased, who passed on. Now, I... I could rationalize it as a hallucination or a dream state or some other manifestation of the mind, but to me, it was a ghost. It conforms exactly to my expectations and, and uh, 
understanding of what a ghost is. So yeah, I've seen a ghost, and I'm really pleased that I have. Now, now you actually bring up something very interesting. Uh, the number one sighting of ghosts, there are people that believe they've seen ghosts, what they call messenger ghosts, the ghosts that have been seen right after they die. Uh, the crisis operation. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's belief. And, you know, I did some research, and, and I found it interesting that the Greeks, the Greek Orthodox, believe that the soul roams the earth for 40 days after they die. And that, that kind of fits in with with this sighting? It, it is, uh, I think, actually, I think, I think when the Society for Psychical Research did their big study in the late 19th century, um, I think the crisis apparition came second uh, behind apparitions of the living, uh, which we would now call bilocation. But certainly it is, uh, I have heard countless stories of people who have lost a loved one and have the loved one return within 48 hours uh, of their death as a, as a vision or a hallucination, as a fleeting glimpse. There was a very, very interesting one reported um, only a few years ago. Uh, there was a, an airliner left the USA on, on route for uh, Europe. And during the flight, it was leaving, sorry, leaving Canada for Europe. And during the flight, all uh, the... All four engines failed. They ran out of fuel due to a, a miscalculation at loading. And the jet ran out of fuel mid-Atlantic. Uh, the crew uh, told the passengers that they were going to have to ditch mid-Atlantic. And at the same time as that was happening, while the aircraft was gliding, uh, they were trying to reach the Azores to make a landing, but while they were preparing to ditch into the Atlantic, the, uh, the mother of one of the passengers experienced an apparition of her son at the bottom of a bed talk, uh, talking to her and saying that he was going to die. Now, the plane actually made a safe landing uh, in the Azores. But there we have a, an interesting example of a possible crisis apparition, or what would have been, if he'd have been killed, if the plane had crashed, he would have been, that would have been labeled a crisis apparition. But in fact, were we dealing with some form of telepathy, where he was thinking about his mother back home in Switzerland, when, you know, he, he, in his last moments, he believed he was going to die, um, and he appeared, and she saw him. And the Society for Psychical Research in their census of hallucinations, records many, many uh, events like this. And indeed, early members of the SPR conducted experiments between themselves where they would uh, set out to appear in each other's homes and indeed bedrooms and reported a lot of success doing it. So it is something that is we need to look at. We need to acknowledge the possibility of it and try to understand how it can happen. Right, but it sounds almost to me like astral projection. It's, that would just be another name for it, astral projection mm. or bilocation. Or, but if that plane had crashed, that would have been defined as a crisis apparition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm really not getting this. Uh, one thing happened, yeah, but you're saying that something else happened, but that would be a totally different situation. <laughs> well, if, if the plane had crashed... 
then his so, mother would have would have said, "I saw my son at the at the time of his death. Right. He appeared to me uh, and said." Oh, now know, I, I now I know what you're saying. So say the same situation occurred that that she actually saw him, but then the plane crashed and he died. That's right. Then then okay. We now would I get it. Okay, right. We right, would so, label that then a crisis apparition, but he survived. He right. came home. Right. But there was super telepathy. But we didn't have the luxury of knowing that that occurred prior to his death. No, we How didn't. many... But, but also, if we go back to the days before the telephone and the internet, where we say the letter arrived and he, uh, he appeared to me and it transpired later from the letter that I had seen him at the same moment of his death. We can never really be sure uh, of, of the absolute fact of, of the statement. And in fact, some of the ones that have been investigated subsequently have found to be more, more memory problems. In fact, one of the, the most famous, which took place with a, an English judge, um, when they did investigate it, the person that he claimed appeared to him at the moment of death didn't actually die for another six months. So it, it was, we are frail. We, we're human beings, and we are subject to the frailties of our own mind and imagination. Do you not think that, that most crisis apparitions actually occur prior to death, rather than well, actually on death or after death? That's a really interesting question, Richard, because one of the things that a lot of people report in accident situations or very close to death is that they often say, the whole of my life flashed before That's my before. eyes in slow motion. Now, during that mental recapturing of the whole of their life, are they doing some sort of, are they accessing some sort of record? Are they yeah. broadcasting with their mind? Remember that the human body is a huge electrical, electromagnetic field generator, a huge radio transmitter in effect. Yeah. And Surely it's not that beyond the bounds to move a suggestion uh, that possibly we can transmit and receive information. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, we... I, I think the example I've, I've used with you, Richard, in the past is that uh, I can, and we've done this, haven't we, where I've said to you, uh, I can now show you uh, the power of thought moving an object. Yes. And you said, go on then, and I've lifted my arm up. That's right. Because a thought, what is a thought, Richard? What, 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 what do we understand by thought? A thought is a, electrical it's an electrical, impulse. it's an electrical something, isn't it? Yes, it is. That causes trans- you to do something. It's yeah. transferred to an electrical signal that travels down a wire or a nerve, and then it moves a motor, which is an arm or lifts mm-hmm. a cup or blinks an eye or speaks. Mm-hmm. Now, well, let, let me, when we okay. Tra- let me throw this out. If you're saying that the thoughts are electrical comments, then uh, they would explain uh, residual hauntings in some circumstances. Uh, residual hauntings. There are there are other possibilities. Richard likes to talk about the stone tape. Uh, I like to talk about the water tape because there has been some uh, interesting research done by homeopathists who have discovered. Um, that water seems to be able to retain a memory of uh, materials it's been in contact with 
and also electromagnetic signals. And in fact, in the case of one set of research, albeit very controversial research, it does seem that water can uh, record thoughts and emotion states as well. Now, we're made up of water. Most 85% of, of water in the brain. Well, how come I can't remember most, anything? Most <laughs> of our environment is made up of water. If you, and if you look at, for example, the, the nature of a ghost haunting, uh, over time that will fade. Or if you start to remodel the building or to knock demolish parts of it down, then often people report a, a the haunting restarts itself. And it's almost like one possibility could be that we're releasing this trapped water memory from, that's been locked deep within the core of, of the building. Also, a lot of ghosts and hauntings are closely associated with water. Exactly. Marshland, wells, underground streams. And it might be that the, the original memory imprinted into the water molecules is being passed on to or being replenished by the continual water supply that's around. So it allows the haunting to go on for a very long time. Now, this is extremely out, out, out on the fringe thinking, but we have to start thinking sometimes a little laterally. I think it was Einstein that said, all, all the best ideas start off as, as lunacy. So I'm a great... Uh, fan of trying to push the idea and explore the possibilities of and trying to devise tests for a water tape because the idea of silica or iron oxide the mechanisms just aren't there well guys I hate to tell you this but we've run out of time just when we were having so, fun I know but Steve we'd love to have you back on again right Richard yeah, it'd be great. It'd be he's got so it'd much more pleasure. to tell us. So much more. Steve, it's been fantastic. Thanks ever it's so much, mate. It's been a pleasure, Richard, as always. And I'll talk bye. to you very bye. soon. Yep, bye now. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Isn't he good? I thought it was quite interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of things. You not necessarily agree with everything it says. Of course not. Yeah. No, no. I mean, the thing is, Ron, that at the end of the day, not, as, as he quite rightly says, there are no there are no experts in the paranormal world. Right. We're actually we're still in the Stone Age um, as regards paranormal investigation. But you know, the more people, the more argument and discussion we create, the possibility one day we may find what it's all about, and then our job will be over. Yeah. Well, come <laughs> on to something else. Don't worry about it. Yeah, too right. Back <laughs> so, to UFOs. Yeah, so Richard, uh, that was pretty neat. Uh, Good I on him. I, I can't wait to get over here. I know we got a bunch of events planned. Uh, yeah. But we'll, we actually have to set up a website just for your events. Yeah, let's, let's just do that and let people know what I'm doing, when I'm coming, where I'm going to be, because I am so looking forward to coming over to your country. Right, and, I, uh, I want to teach you a few things, you know what I mean? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So anyway. Or I'm a friend. Well, I'm back in the land of the living, so I'll be back with you next week. But before you, you went, I, I just wanted to ask you one thing. Now, you did an investigation on Saturday, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, now, now, is that all? Oops, there's the time, but uh, where was that? 
It was a place called Annersley Hall, which is connected with a guy called Lord Byron, which you, I'm sure you've heard about. Very haunted place. Most exciting. Really was. In fact, I'll tell you a bit more about it next week. Okay. So, okay, my friend. Good night. God bless. Happy haunting.